Hear ye, hear ye, calling all Suns fans. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast, starring John and Matthew. How'd you like that intro, Matthew? My radio Very voice. Good. I never know what to expect, so that was a, uh, I give that a nine. A nine? Of, I get a, Yeah, out of a ten. That was, they caught me out of nowhere, dude. I love it. Got me pumped. I'm always excited to be here, though, dude. How you doing? I'm fantastic, man. It's the middle of October. The sun is up. The sky is blue. It's not 100 in hell outside anymore. Uh, there's sports on every night. Uh, it's getting to the point where it's like I'm I'm missing out on things with the the love of my life. Let's go for a walk. It's beautiful outside. Like oh, but the there's a game on. The NBA finals are on. There's football on a Tuesday. Like you don't know what to expect these days. All I know is there's like sports all the time, every time. So I am clearly amped up uh, for this time of year and for this podcast. I'm super excited. How you doing? Oh, dude, fantastic. Like you said, there's plenty of sports. So I'm, I was going to ask you right away. Do you prefer Tuesday night football or Thursday night. I like the Monday and Tuesday, and then you get the rest of the week off and then get ready for Sunday. I kind of like that better. I'm with you, actually. It's weird to say that. Uh, Thursdays just kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, I guess it's nice to break up the week, but I almost like extending uh, the week into Tuesday. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit weird on that one, but I I definitely like the Tuesday games more than the Thursday game. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Um, But it's been great football. But, of course, you still got baseball going on. The Dodgers are still there. I'm kind of out of it. No more NBA. So all I got to look forward to is the Dak Prescott-less Dallas Cowboys. Fun for me. Anyways. Sorry Sorry about that, man. Uh, My favorite part of that, which there is no favorite part of Dak Prescott, unfortunately, going down Mm -hmm. for the Cowboys, was just Tony Romo being like, well, Jim, it looks like a cramp. And yeah, then they zoom like in and like cramp. ankles hanging off to the sides. Like Tony, come on, man! Like I thought you were yeah. better than that. Like, gee, so what are the yeah, odds yeah. on Tony Romo putting on the the silver star or the blue oh, star and getting I out would, there and playing for you guys? I again? would cry very much, a lot. <laughs> your boy, your your boyfriend's back. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you mentioned, the NBA season is finally over. The longest season ever is is complete now. You know, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Lakers meh, won the NBA championship and the 2020 yeah. season is finally over. What the, what the hell is it? Is there a guy in the parking lot outside just revving the engine out there? You I look next to a bunch of Fast and the Furious dudes, you know? Yeah, and every every yeah. Wednesday at 8, whenever we go live on our podcast, they're like, crank it up to 11, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the season is over and we are entering the great unknown. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen over these next few months as it pertains to when free agency is going to occur, when the new season is going to start. So that's one of those things we're going to talk about on today's podcast, uh, as well as uh, welcome Kevin Young to the Phoenix Suns. And then, of course, go through our mailbag questions. So, as always, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lucy. And you can follow the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you happen to be watching on the live stream, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, if you're on YouTube, make sure you press the subscribe button and smash that bell. It lets you know every time we go live, which is every Wednesday at 8 currently. Uh, as the season nears, we'll start to go probably two times a week again, which I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, but until that, until that time hits, uh, we're just going to be doing once a week. Uh, you ready to get into this thing, Matthew? I'm ready. All right. So ready. What do you got there? Okay. This is a Lagunitas daytime, even though it's the nighttime. So let's pop open the beer. Let's drop that. And let's talk Phoenix Suns, baby.
All right, so the first thing we're going to talk about on the podcast today is one of the newest additions to the Phoenix Suns, and that is Kevin Young. Kevin Young is a new assistant coach. Uh, so, Matthew, what can you what can you tell us about this guy? Well, I mean, he's there to fill, fill a spot, right? I don't know too much about him. I know he's been an assistant coach for a lot of teams. It looks like the G League, too, as well. Um, but he honestly, I mean, it's going to be probably another Monte guy, someone that James Jones and Monte trust. Um, with Steve Blake and the other was let go. I was thinking that maybe they would come back, but no, they filled those two spots with their dudes. And I think that honestly, he's a guy that is like a player development, not like a Kokoshkov who was supposed to be that, but supposedly someone that can really help the younger, the youth, you know, um, and we have plenty of it. So he can help on that end as well. But, you know, it's exciting to get someone new and uh, not really know what to expect yet. Yeah, it's funny whenever you see a assistant coach leave for the Phoenix Suns, you're like, oh, no, what's going wrong? Something wrong with the culture. And then a new guy gets hired. You're like, all right, sweet. Yeah, I can't wait to yeah. get to know this guy. Uh, not too much history on him as, as, you know, I mean, he's somebody who coached with Monty Williams in Philadelphia. Uh, he was an assistant coach of the Delaware 86er or 80, 87ers. That's yep. their their G League affiliate, the 87ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know exactly why, because I'm not a huge 76ers fan. Um, but became the coach there. Before that, he was with the Iowa Energy, the Utah Flash, uh, Oxford College, Utah Valley State, Shamrock Rover Hoops. So he's somebody who has kind of been in a lot of G League uh, coaching situations. And one thing I found was kind of interesting is he's somebody who really introduced the A to B offense as a part of the Philadelphia 76ers offense a couple years ago with Monty Williams as a fellow assistant coach. And essentially what that was is that saying A is the point guard, B is your center, and ways to strategically do that within the confines of the offense, having your wings up on the elbows, uh, having you know uh, your power forward you know, kind of three feet behind the, the three-point line, and then how to kind of maneuver through the court there in an effort to get B the the ball, which in you know Philadelphia's case was Joel Embiid. So it's going to be interesting that Monty Williams one brings him in because he's somebody he knows, he's coached with before. But two, he's somebody who kind of has an offensive understanding of the A to B offenses. That's going to really assist the Suns in perhaps finding ways to get DeAndre Ayton the ball, and maybe working with Ricky Rubio and uh, Devin Booker on ways to effectively get him the ball. Because I know that one thing that we've consistently had problems with is getting DeAndre in the ball, whether it be through entry passes, whether he's aggressive enough on the roll, whether we're finding him on the roll. So I think that bringing Kevin Young to the Phoenix Suns in an assistant coach capacity is going to greatly assist in that uh, thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, evolving the offense, if he understands, you know, getting DeAndre in the ball is a big thing, especially last year. That was something we were screaming at the TV for giving the ball for some reason. They don't have the pick and roll going with Rubio and Aiden, which I hope to see next year. I mean, why wouldn't we? I feel like it's something they can work on in this offseason, depending how long it is to really get something going there. But just to have him added to the team to really maybe help develop that because there's something maybe that teammates that the teammates that Ricky Rubio and Aiden aren't understanding or whatever. I don't know what it is, but maybe he can help with that. So that that's very exciting uh, because like we, like we're saying, we got to get Aiden the ball, but honestly, a lot of the times, even in the finals, you see, you don't see a lot of the ball (laughs) thrown into like the post as much. A lot of the times these centers are hanging around outside. So who knows, man, maybe we got, maybe we'll like start a trend with the team to really, I don't know, show another way to play, but 
I mean, maybe that's thinking too much. <laughs> you know? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so at all. I think that you know the way to be effective on offense in the NBA these days is to be multifaceted. And if Kevin Young can bring a wrinkle to our offense that is untraditional, as you mentioned, you know, you don't see a lot of teams nowadays coming up the court, slowing the game down, and trying to hit the the their big in the in the post. Uh, Anthony Davis isn't that kind of big. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid can be, but chooses not to. Giannis isn't. You know, he's a long guy who's trying to uh, beat you with length and speed and and in transition. But I think that if you have somebody who's well versed versed in that way to attack a defense via that offense, it adds another good wrinkle to your team and could be an effective offense. And we have an ideal player in that. I think that DeAndre Ayton, due to his ability to shoot a you know fifteen foot jumper makes him lethal, and if you have somebody who can get him the ball deep in the post, because he can get great positioning, and we can't get him the goddamn ball. We can't do any bounce passes in there. We can't do any uh, over-the-top passes, and I think a lot of that's due to poor floor spacing, and it could be because you know we're not hitting those right angles. Kevin Young coming in as assistant coach with uh, a history of teaching that kind of offense could potentially – provide that type of understanding to Ricky Rubio, to Devin Booker, to Javon Carter, Cameron Payne, whoever's here next year. I think that that's something that, again, it's a positive. Uh, you always look for the silver linings when these kind of things occur, uh, especially on guys who we truly don't know, like Brian Randall. Uh, I know that he was a really good videographer, and I, you know, maybe that he can turn on our guys to a better way. You know, it's like, hey, Devin Booker, put down the live streams and, uh, you know, your live stream Call of Duties and start, you know, looking at this aspect of the game and research things through video so there's different things that you're going to find that are uh positive for the team as Monty truly builds out his staff you know Kevin Young's one of those guys who probably you know he he interviewed for the uh head coaching position in Philadelphia he didn't get it Mm -hmm. Doc Rivers did and obviously Doc Rivers is going to bring in his own guy so he's a guy who was looking for a job Monty's got a position for him hope it works out for the Suns oh definitely man um yeah so What's up? What's next? <laughs> There's a lot there that you just went through. I can't really hit on every point, but uh, what's going on? Well, I mean, just just talk to the Fast and Furious guys outside. They probably yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, next up, we have our top five off-season concerns. Yes. So essentially what we did is we determined that we would not tell each other what our top five off-season concerns are going into this off-season. And we would share those live here on the podcast and just see if we have any similarities or, uh, you know, what, how, how did you frame these? Like, are these a hundred percent serious or like, do you have like well, a couple serious or there, break it down? Yeah. So they're just things that you can think of maybe, um, that might keep you up at night. Who knows? Maybe they give you scary dreams, maybe something like that. But these are some things that you would think about with the sun's off season concerns. So where you might be shatting your pants about, you might be worried. Maybe they might handle, not handle it correctly. It can be anything, with a franchise going in a really good direction to where I feel like we can really trust them, it's kind of hard to be so worried about too much. But still, I mean, coming off of a losing season again, these are just things that I wanted to bring up to really just see how you feel and the listeners feel about, you know, are these things I should be shatting myself about or should I not be shatting myself Shatting about? yourself? Yeah, <laughs> shatting. Oh, you're getting shattened. All right, uh, so all right, start us off. What's your number five? All right, so I went a little bit easy on it first. So a big thing for me is the way teams look, of course. So what we've heard, what we've seen is, well, we haven't seen it yet, but there's going to be a new court design. And also there's probably going to be a new jersey to go along with it. So I feel like the court design where the Suns are going like in a new era where things are really looking up, it needs to really stick. It needs to be a great design on the court. 
And it's not like when we had to sign, when we signed Gortat and Sarge Jr., uh, whatever, what was his name? The, the, Sarge the, Jr.? Yeah. Well, he reminds me of Sarge. I totally forgot his name. But remember when the Suns were in the middle, just the name Suns, and you can read it back and forth? They have it on their yeah. practice court. That yeah. was miserable. That's something that I don't want to worry about happening again. So it's really weird, but this is just something I think about probably daily is when is it going to drop to where we see the new court and then we're going to see the new jerseys, stuff like that. I get excited about, but also worried too as well. So you're one of your top five concerns going into next season is are our jerseys and our court going to suck next year? Yes, that's huge, right? We got to watch it. We got to watch it. We got to go to the games. This is true. (laughs) What we have to look at for the next season, is it going to suck to look at? And we're not talking about roster. We're talking purely cosmetic. I'm not going to disagree with you. I always wonder these things too. I'm an artist. I like graphic design. So I'm always like looking at the art and seeing if it's something that's appealing to me. So, okay, respect. Uh, That's not on my list. But it is something that is, I guess, to be concerned about. Uh, before I get to my number five, let's hit a couple in the chat. I like I like some of these. Um, Steve Holler, do, do the Suns extend a qualifying offer to Carter and Sarge before Saturday? That's a lot more deep than Matthew worrying about what it says in the center court. Uh, Matthew, what do you think about that? Well, I was starting it off easy a little bit, you know. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. we all worry about that stuff. We're all not really manly men like you, but honestly, <laughs> the Carter and Sarge thing, that would be crazy. And it's really crazy. You bring it up before Saturday. It's like, yeah, here we go. The off season, things are going to start to happen. Yep. And uh, if that did happen, I would be very, very happy. Cause those are two guys we talk about nonstop to where we want them back on the team. So what do you think about that, man? These are culture guys for the Phoenix suns. These are guys we want on this roster to continue moving towards the playoffs. Uh, I hope they do. I really do. These yeah. are two of the guys that I want to hold on to. So I, uh, yeah, that's one thing definitely. that I'm, I'm definitely concerned about. I brought it up. I don't know what your top five is, but I know that that wasn't one of the ones in my uh, top five. So I thought that I'd bring that up. Uh, my number five is will the draft ever happen, Matthew? Because I just <laughs> feel like it's been like, so think about this. Okay. It's October 14th is when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. The NBA season is officially over. The original game plan was to have the draft on the 16th and free agency on the 18th. Of October, so like everything would have rolled nice and smooth. We bought boom, boom, boom. It would have been like yeah. you know Mike Tyson, uh, you know back in 1998, just punching fools left and right. You just didn't know where it was coming. There's gonna be so much fun and information and exciting things. And like I've said it before, but th- this draft yeah. is just like I'm so sick of of researching this draft class. It take you know, I if I gotta watch another Tyrese Halliburton highlight, like I'm gonna shoot myself. Like I'm so tired of this draft class. I want yeah. to get to the NBA draft. So that's my number one concern. What yeah. keeps me up at night? It's like, when is this draft going to happen? You know, that's a good one, man. That's, that's better than my number one, honestly. And it's something I think about too, a lot, but we're just now getting started too. So, I mean, we went through a lot of the guys on our own. We've, we probably shouted out maybe four or five so far to where we included them in the podcast, but there's so much more to do. And it's just like, it's just now getting started kind of, you know? Yeah, it really is. is The the, the draft is like almost a month away, but it's still a month away, dude. Like I I just want it to happen already. Like I want to get excited (laughs) for who the next player is on the Phoenix suns. And yeah, one of the, one of the fun games we like to play, what's his Jersey number going to be like, that's always a fun one to play. And I can't do any of that until the fucking draft happens. So come on, (laughs) let's get that draft going. All right. How about how about I go into my number four? Yeah, go ahead. My actually my number two, or I'm sorry, my number four. It kind of plays into yours. Okay, uh, perfect. Bring it. 
but I'll just throw it out there really quick. So when the draft does, out there, when the draft does happen, I mean, we talk about so much and I just mentioned it, how I do trust the front office. And I feel like when the draft happens and the sun start to move back or else they take someone that we don't like, cause we we've been talking about every guy, every guy, I feel like it changes every week who I want the Suns to get. Um, I just feel like I don't, I'm worried about the, the repercussions of who we might get, how we move back. Just like when Cameron Johnson was, selected you know there was a lot of bad feedback just like what the f- are sons doing that was basically it and i'm kind of worried that might happen again but then i'm also not but i don't think that's gonna happen again so it's not too high on my list but it's something to where i feel like we just trust the organization and the right pick will happen so when the draft finally does come i feel like we have a strategy and I'm willing to go through with whatever happens. Obviously, I have no choice. But I think <laughs> I honestly think, though, that I don't think the Suns would overact too much, but I just hope they don't. Well, I think that there's a couple things playing in our favor this year. One, seeing what James Jones did in the last draft, you have to kind of trust what he's going to do. That was kind of the first big unknown. This was going to be James Jones's first solo draft. And then, you know, he traded down and then, you know, he, he did the TJ Warren deal the day of. And there was all these different things and levers that he was pulling. And in the process, yeah. we got Cameron Johnson, who everybody thought was a stretch uh, that he probably should have gone around the 20th pick, not the uh, what, what what pick did we even get him at? I don't 11. remember. 11. God, it's 11. been like a year and a half now. So 11th pick overall. So, I mean, knowing now that what we didn't know then is that James Jones has a system and he's going to stick to it. And on his first draft, it hit, in my opinion. Cameron Johnson is yes. Cameron, it's definitely somebody who has uh, assisted this franchise. Is something that we're excited to watch moving forward. So you have that. The second thing is there's no one James Jones could take at number 10 or even if he trades down or if he trades up. Uh, maybe if he trades up. But there's no one who – that was a stretch. You, there's no way you should have gone after that guy. Like, That's true, you, yeah. You, you just don't know this year. There's such a long gap in between the last time any of these guys played any competitive basketball in front of a crowd or on TV that you really don't know. It's truly a crapshoot. And all we're doing is taking two die and we're throwing against the wall and hoping that we hit seven this year. And I think that there's a lot of guys who could potentially assist in getting us you know, to that next level, but no one who's going to truly be a franchise changer you have a bunch mm-hmm. of camera John- this is a draft of camera johnson's it's a bunch of guys who are going to be fantastic role players and i think that so essentially what i'm doing is of this concern that you have matthew i'm trying to talk you down off that ledge i'm trying to assist you sleep better at night without the use of melatonin okay so that's what i'm i think in this draft <laughs> your number four thing i i truly think that given james jones very brief track track record coupled with the fact that this draft class is not going to be something that is going to be questioned as far as stretches are concerned, uh, I think that we'll be okay. All right, yeah, and I feel much better. This is why I'm here tonight for this, so I can finally get some sleep after a week. Okay, I'm happy to assist. That's what I'm here for, my friend. (laughs) All right, real quick, before I go into my number four, I want to thank our sponsors. Oh, we have none. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on to my number four. Will we use the cap space wisely? This is something that obviously is the great unknown. We don't know what that final cap number is going to be. I'm hoping they release it. They'll probably release it sometime after the draft as free agency, which they're talking about might be in December now. So we'll get some more guidance there. But according to Slam Online, the Suns are projected to have the sixth most cap space in the NBA. So if you go through and you look at the different cap numbers, Atlanta is number one. They have $44 million in cap. Then you have the Knicks at $42 million. Detroit's number three with 30 million. Miami, which is crazy to think, 
because they just went to the NBA Finals. They're going to have $21 million, almost $22 million in cap space. Charlotte has 19, and then the Suns will have about 19 as well. And then the number seven team is the Memphis Grizzlies, and they have negative $21 million in cap space. <laughs> so looking at those numbers that Slam Online provided, you come to the understanding that the Suns are one of six teams that could potentially make some moves. Now, we talked about it time and time again. I can't tell you how many times we've interacted with our Jamster listeners and kind of their number one question is like, what are the Suns going to do in free agency? What are the Suns going to do in free agency? You don't know. You just hope that they they can make some sort of splash. And, the, and based on what is out there, six teams above us uh, with – two of them having double what we have, and then the other one's kind of being in the same realm as we have as far as cap space is concerned, knowing that you're going to have a lot of different people, uh, players that is not trying to cash in and get you know that three-year, million, you know, multi, $24 million contract, you know, just because of the landscape mm-hmm. of the NBA uh, and its cap space right now, you know, you're, you're yeah. probably going to get a lot of one-year guy, one-year deals with guys taking probably about $12 million. And if we have that cap space at about 18, almost $19 million, we might have the capacity to, to bring somebody in here and court them, if you will. Say, hey, come to Phoenix. It's nice right now. You know, hey, you're coming here in October or December or November, whenever the hell they're going to court these people and free agency actually begins. Like, Hey, isn't it nice here? Don't you want to play here? And then as they develop with this team, they could fall in love with it. Maybe we can get them on a veteran discount or some, or a hometown discount the, the following year. And these are people like your Fred Van Vliet's, your Serge Ibaka's, your Jeremy Grant's, the names that a lot of Suns fans are talking about. These are the guys the Suns are, they've been linked to and they're going to try to court. And the goal is to try to get them at, you know, kind of a, a discounted price, if you will, moving into 2021. But again, that's one of my, you know, my number four offseason concern is are we going to use that cap space wisely? And wise is, you know, kind of mm-hmm. whatever you want it to be. I wh- whatever yeah. your version of wise is, you know, is wise spending it all or is wise saving it all? I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. So that's just one of my concerns. Are they gonna spend it wisely? Yeah. Well, my number three goes right into that, man. Cause honestly, I was thinking wisely of course you don't want to spend too much or you don't want to overspend but i think my number three well my number three is that i want them to spend that money i don't want them to worry about the next summer who's going to be a free agent they have to spend the money to really get this team more competitive and you can't have too many you can't have too many wings so jeremy grant of course is a guy that everybody wants i mean if we end up signing the guy and then we can keep Ubre too it, it just that's something I'm for. I am for going out and getting these guys that have had the experience that can automatically help this team. And I want it to happen this off season. And I've heard it from Monte. I've heard it from James Jones. They said they want to spend the money. It's just, they got to follow through and do it because right now you got a good core. You can't worry about the next off season thinking like, maybe, maybe we'll get somebody if we hold off. Cause that's just been the Suns for forever. No one wants to come here if we're not losing or if we're not winning in 10 years. So what what, what do we have to build? We got to start building now because you never know what's going to happen to where there might be a trade. Maybe there's um, a player that we can get rid of like um, during the middle of next season and save money that way to get another big free agent the next summer. Just stuff like that might happen. So my concern in number three is really just spend that money. And I, I really hope that I woke up one day bleacher report shows that the sun signs someone that I love. Cause that would be fantastic, man. Well, it's funny because we talked about that on the last podcast and I'm of the belief yeah. that we need to save money. But as I talk about it, I'm like, yeah, no, I agree with Matthew. We should definitely spend that money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's about concern. It really is going. It really is, man. Going into this season, 
spend what you yeah. have. I mean, we are one of those teams because we can get somebody on a discount knowing that they're not going to be here. It's not going to be a prolonged contract. So you can get somebody, spend that money for this year, and you're still going to money the next year. So why not try to bring in somebody here and move this team towards the playoffs? Completely agree with that, man. Completely yeah. agree with that. All right. Do you want to hit your number three? Uh, yeah. So my number go four. Uh, well, that was my number three, but I can go I right mean, into number no, two. No, no, I'm sorry. My, no, no. I need to do my number yeah. three then. So <laughs> t- t- tell me what you think yeah. about this one, okay? Because okay. this, is, this is a big concern for me. Number three, more star power comes to the West. This is something uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo recently was linked with, like the Dallas Mavericks. I have a really oh. good basketball friend at work who, like, every time we see each other, we start talking basketball. He's a Lakers fan. We really got into an argument the other day about LeBron and his legacy and all that stuff. It was a good one. It was a good one. Um, but he was talking about that today. He's like, "Hey, do you see the rumors about Giannis coming to the West and or coming to the Mavs? And you know how sick would that be with Luca and and Giannis and Porzingis? You know?" And I was just like. My response to him was, of course, Giannis is going to come to the fucking West because everybody comes to the West. Like, <laughs> the Suns can't catch a goddamn break. Like, I, I, my response was, why doesn't anybody go to the East? Like, can't we have a couple different teams get worse? And that's one of my concerns going into next season. Yeah. If there are any major stars who do jump ship, if there is, you know, Milwaukee's trying to cash in on the fact that Giannis is going to be a free agent the following season and they want to garner some assets for him, if they know in some way, shape, or form that he's unhappy and they try to ship him somewhere, I hope they don't come west because the Suns need to feel success and it's hard when the West is so stacked. I'm worried that, you know, the Kings will get better. I'm worried that Memphis continues to, you know, kind of hold court. I'm worried that New Orleans is going to get better. I mean, when you start to look at the West going into next season, it's going to be tough, man. Yeah, man, if that happens, though, the only way to solve that issue is just to get rid of the conferences. You have to by that time. I mean, if these players keep coming out West, because why would you not want to live in the West Coast? Like, it's obviously better. But um, <laughs> The West Coast gonna, is the best coast. It really is. But um, honestly, I think that the West is going to continue to get worse or harder, more harder. Is that how you say it? But honestly... I don't know if Giannis is going to move. So if Giannis has moved to the West and he comes to Dallas, that just sucks for Suns fans because you have Giannis and Luka. That is miserable. This is one thing I wanted to say too, where Pazingas, I don't think, will be on the Mavericks going forward. I know Mark Cuban said he doesn't want to mess it up. He doesn't want to get rid of um, Luka like he did Steve Nash. And then he wants to keep Porzingis because he doesn't want to make a mistake. But I think the better thing is they got to get rid of Porzingis for that team. For some reason, I just don't see it working out with those two. So, I mean, if you if you swap out Giannis for Porzingis, hell yeah, the West is getting better. But all you got to do is just get rid of the conferences. You don't have to worry about it anymore. But that's not going to so happen. Close. They're, they're very, very close. I think it's closer than we think. I think it can be a, maybe another couple years, and you can really just spread it out to where just the best 16 teams are here. And I'm, I'm ready to play in the playoffs, and that's what we want. I mean, we're they're giving the people what they want in the NBA, and I think it's coming down to that, to where we can just get rid of the conferences, and it would be fantastic. Well, it would, it would be nice if that were true, but I think that, I mean, there's reasons conferences exist, and primarily that's for travel. There's, uh, it's, it'd be tough to kind of figure out some hierarchies and things of that nature as far as, you know, scheduling is concerned because the way that the West works is, you know, you play your yeah. inner uh, division opponent four times, you play your conference guys three times, you play everyone else two times. So it works out that way. That's how you get the 82 games. If they go to an even muted more schedule, I mean, I don't know how they would do it. I'm sure there's, you know, there's much brighter minds than us trying to figure those kind of things out. But again, it's just, it, 
it, it worries me that the West will once again become stacked because I feel like every time yeah. the Suns go into an offseason, I'm confident in their ability to kind of progress the next season, which hasn't been often lately, but definitely uh, last year I was confident in what we were doing. But then the West, you know, gets better, and I just I really hope that that doesn't occur. And I think that one way to negate that is what Steve Holler says in the chat: is just be honest to the Suns. How about that one? Yeah, that, I mean that would make solve it nice a lot. Easy. That would solve a lot. I mean, he hasn't won anything yet, so but <laughs> he can come here and fail. That'd be awesome. <laughs> all right, you want all right? You want my number yeah. two before we get yeah, to your what, number two? What do you What do you got, man? All right, so my number two is Will Booker sell his 1959 Chevy Impala convertible? I mean, he's selling houses and everyone's getting all crazy about it. So will he go ahead and sell that car that he was driving around in July with Kendall Jenner in the front seat? Because I really am worried about the dude getting a sunburn and maybe missing a few games. That's an interesting one. I mean, he gave me crap for the Suns design of the logo. <laughs> Whether you're talking about him driving around in the car getting a sunburn, man. I mean, I just, I would it that. concerns me. You know, he's he, he's our star, okay? I don't want him getting yeah. sunburn out there. It's hot. I haven't seen a cloud in fucking 90 days. Yeah. I don't want Dem Booker to get hurt. <laughs> so he sold his house. Everybody in Phoenix, you know, also, yeah. oh my God, he sold a house. It's like, dude, like the guy's a genius. He's selling, he's buying and selling real estate in Paradise Valley, Arizona. It's genius what he's doing. Uh, so sell the 1959 Impala, man. Go for it, D-Book. That is something I never even thought about. But honestly, he has the look already, Booker, where you can't screw it up. You can't get rid of that car. I think he has just this thing about him, just like, I don't care. Like, everything on him is kind of rugged that he wears, and he just he has that Impala. It's it's perfect, man. That's just who he is. And my, <laughs> my number two is basically the same thing. It's like the picks. And Raymond Gonzalez brought it up. Uh, is Booker and Kendall still together? That's kind of one of the things I wanted to talk about, just the paparazzi pics of them, but not just those pictures. The pictures of the guys working out in the gym, getting you all pumped up for the season. Like, remember Zion? We saw Zion, how jacked he looked, but then he looked terrible when he came back. I don't want to give in to too much talk in the offseason, too much things of what we're trying to improve on, and I'm doing this, I'm doing that, or else them in the gym working out. I kind of want to stay away from that this year. It gets me too pumped up, and I get, I feel like I just let myself down going to the next year. So just have like a little bit of more of a just a calm feeling when it comes to the next season. That's kind of a weird thing, but I just the picks and them working out and all that stuff. It's kind of it's kind of strange, but that's one of the things I worry about seeing getting so excited for. <laughs> that's just weird. Well, but like, are you concerned because you think that you know we're not focusing on the right things? I mean, it's like the social media kind of concept. I don't know. Have you seen that thing on Netflix called uh, the Social Dilemma? No, I never seen that actually. Dude, I heard about it. Got to watch it. I'm man. scared it, to watch it. I'm scared. No, you should. It's 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 a great watch. It essentially is talking about all the different things that you know how we're attached to our phones, and every time a notification pops us, yeah, pops up. It's almost like you know you're going to a casino. It, it hits the same kind of note in your brain, and you know people are molding their lives, and we all know this, but people are molding their lives around social media and how they're perceived and things of that nature. So I highly recommend that. On I, literally, like after this, I went turn off like all my notifications except for like Bleacher Report, anything sports related, but like. I don't need to know yeah. if somebody's commented on my, uh, something on Facebook. Five, yeah, well, and plus my mom, like, my mom only texts me like once every other day, so it's not too bad anymore. So I don't need to keep the phone on all the time, <laughs> <laughs> just in case, you know. But <laughs> but what I'm what I'm thinking to your point is like you know part of that is we're constantly being fed this you know look at the Suns they're improving look at D books hitting 47 yeah. threes in a row look at DA you know pumping that iron and it gets you excited and and it creates that false narrative that this team is good. 
And then you get on the court and they're not good. And that could exactly. be, you know, it creates an expectation of excellence. And then you get the real product and it's, and it, and it hurts, you know, it's almost like taking a selfie, put it on Facebook. And then like, nobody clicks like on it. All of a sudden, like something that you were proud of and you were, you know, you're, I'm putting that out to the world. I think I look good. And everybody's like, no, you don't. It, it hurts your psyche. So maybe is that what you're it kind does. of, you're coming yeah, from? Yeah, exactly. It's all of that. That was it's deep, just, man. That's like, it's just Dr. Yeah, it Voida right here. <laughs> No, because <laughs> he watched that documentary. Yeah, yeah, Dude, man. It's, it's a scary thing, but it's true. It's I mean, it, maybe it can be compared to like if you go to Tinder or Bumble and you see somebody and you actually meet them in real life. It's like, oh wow, that was a letdown. It's like the same exact thing where I just don't want to see. I want to see the phones off in the off season and just you know get to work, dude. Let me see it like first tip off on that new brand brand new court. That's what I'm, I want. I'm with you, man. Like, let your play do the talking. You know, of course, there's social media teams for the Suns and for everybody now, and they're going to try to portray that image. And, you know, cool, but maybe I just won't pay attention to it this year because I watched a documentary and I drink beer. Therefore, I know things. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I trust you. (laughs) All right. All right. So tell me, what's number one? Number one for me is I am worried about getting the fans back in those seats because honestly, I feel like there won't be. Any, there won't be any reason to restart the season if there's no fans. I mean, the players say, even Jared Dudley today on the Bill Simmons podcast was talking about they need the fans. Anything that is happening in that bubble is 100 times better if there's fans in the seats. Obviously, of course, you can't right now. But why not just wait until we can get maybe half the crowd or even more than that back into the stadium? I'm, I'm figure, I feel like they'll figure out a way. They'll figure out a way to get them back in the seats because I, I miss going to games. I miss things happening in NBA with the fans behind them. That is like the second best part of the game is the fans. So that that's what I'm worried about. I feel like maybe they'll wait to where they can figure out a way to get them back in the seats. But if not, I don't want them to rush it and come back and do another bubble thing because I'm honestly not for that. I, I, I will not be excited if there's another bubble. It just I'm done with that. The players are done with that. I feel like if they heard they had to do it again, they'd probably throw up. They would probably throw up all over the place because I would throw up. I would just not want to watch it. Yeah, and it's interesting. You hit it. You hit the nail on the head. There you go. Oh, 30, there it 30, is. <laughs> Thirty-four minutes into the podcast, Matthew hit the nail on the head. Yeah. The, the players won't be down for it because they just went through it. You know, Jared Dudley was on the podcast with Bill Simmons today, and he's like, "Yeah, it was ninety-five days, and it was tough. It's it's mentally yeah. tough." So you take a look at baseball. Then they're in the uh, league championship series, and the World Series will be starting next week. You're looking at football. They're finding ways to get fans into the stands and still are being safe about it, and that's the key. You know, the NBA was the one uh, sport that was smack dab in the middle of its season, if you don't count hockey, which uh, I don't. I'm just kidding. For all you hockey fans out there, I hope you enjoy (laughs) it. I don't watch it. I can't say their last names. They're all consonants. But they're the one sport that was, you know, just getting ready to go into their playoffs, and everybody was getting excited, and boom, pandemic hits. So they had to sit back and really have to think about how to execute a bubble experience while the other sports had the opportunity to kind of, okay, one, take the NBA's lead, but two, learn things and figure out things to you know make it safe for the players. That was their primary concern. And then they also have the ability to now they can incorporate some fans because they've had the time to kind of see how this whole thing is working out. I mean, we still don't know. I think it's a valid number one concern is will there be fans in the stands next year if and when this season begins in 2021? Uh, yeah, yours, yours, I think, is better than mine. So I'm not going to have one. Um, let's see. Let's click this. You All right, can't my- <laughs> do that. Only I get to cheat on these things, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. Well, Matthew always 
doesn't play by the rules, and I always play by the rules. So here's yes. my number one concern for the Phoenix Suns going into the 2021 offseason, and that's Sarver fucks it up. I mean, mm-hmm. somehow, some way, Robert Sarver could stick his nose into the Suns' business, whether it's with a pre, you know, potential free agent or how James Jones is approaching the draft and could mess it up. You know, it's kind of like when the whole Eric Bledsoe thing, you know, the kind of the rumor behind the scenes was Eric Bledsoe's agent and Robert Sarver didn't get along. So Robert Sarver said, you know, it's, it's him or the agent and, and you know, kind of throwing an ultimatum here. And, you know, like there's always that fear. That's that's the reality of being a Phoenix Suns fan is Sarver could come in and fuck it up. Dude, that is huge. How did I not even think about that one? Because it could happen just like a notification about the Suns signing somebody I want. You get the notification that someone quit their job because of Robert yes, Sarver. Just so that- as easy. Yeah, I don't know if we're over that hump yet to where he's understood things because people really don't change, especially when you're making that much money in that kind of position. People don't change. They're still going to be the same way. They can maybe easily adjust to a different role or you know, different response to something, I but they don't change overall. And I hope he can maybe change a tiny bit to where this team can actually start to soar a little bit. He, he has to realize by now, right? I mean, he's doing everything that the team is asking, the, pra- the practice facility, the arenas, like getting that extra bump. It's going to be a great year next year, but you're right. He might F the season up. Yeah, you never know. I think that's a great way to put it. It's like, I don't know when I'm going to get that notification, and all of a sudden, boom. You know, he's, yeah. we, we were courting oh uh, uh, J- Jeremy Grant, and Jeremy Grant's been here, and you know we've had two or three meetings yeah. with him, and then all of a sudden, uh, Robert Sarver somehow, some way, nicks the deal. You know he doesn't get along with his agent, or you know he wanted him to get so he wanted a point guard, so therefore James Jones. And and you you never know it right off the bat, but I mean yeah. the Twitterverse kind of informs you pretty quick uh, what the what was going on behind the scenes. And Sarver yeah. could do it just. And again, you know that's just kind of the reality of being a Suns fan is you have you can never. You always have somebody somebody lurking over your shoulder and uh, ready to pounce, and it, it's it's Robert Sarver and what exactly. he could do to this franchise. Yeah, so. I don't want the notification. I don't want to take those long walks after. Be like, oh, he's fired. Okay, I guess so. I don't. <laughs> I don't even know. Every coach, every year, all that shit. So, <laughs> anyways, that was good. That was a good list. That's good. Right? Well, yeah, I I think so. And let's take a look at some of the ones in the chat. So, thank you for everybody who's joining us via the lime the live the lime stream. It's a lime stream. It's like a margarita. Uh, let's see. Nicholas Tan, who is uh, secretly watching at work, by the way, he says, will losing Ubre Jr. affect our continuity too much? Uh, loaded question, you know, because we don't know what's going to happen with Kelly Ubre. But Matthew, if Kelly Ubre were to be traded, would that affect our continuity on the t- on the court? Great question. Uh, yeah, but I don't think so, just because Kelly is a guy to where I think. When he leaves, he's still. We're still going to be fans of Kelly Oubre. Everyone's going to love Kelly Oubre wherever he goes. People are going to love him. Like there's no hate. So as long as there's not that hate between him and the team and the fans and all that, I don't think there's going to be any remorse or anything that would affect the play on the court. There really isn't because there's a there's a new thing in Phoenix where we're actually trying to win games. So I oh, think that's I've heard I of this. That, that's going to overtake the feelings of if Kelly Oubre is lost. You know, I, that's just my thoughts. What do you think? Uh, you know, the bubble was kind of a little preview of what life after Kelly potentially could look like, you know, granted it's in a neutral environment. There's no fans. Uh, there's a lot of different factors that you can't truly recreate, but you know, we went eight, no without Kelly in the bubble. And I don't want to say that makes him expendable, but 
it doesn't help his cause to stay in Phoenix and not get no. traded. Am I, you know what I mean? No. I have a quick question, though. Sure. Are you working on a murder mystery back there? What's going on? Oh, what? This? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> so for those of you watching the live stream, if you're listening on the podcast, this is going to be really boring. So just press like the 15 seconds forward like three times. Uh, as you know, I like to, I'm a graphic artist and I'm also like a real artist. Not really, but like I like to paint. So what I'm going to do is I actually have a background, a canvas behind me. And I'm going to start to make a painting behind me. And it kind of as our podcast go on, you'll see different things change because i'll work on it through the week because i want to just have a better background besides like my blinds like normally (laughs) normally i'm sitting over here and i just have like my blinds and it looks fucking lame (laughs) so i thought you know what i'm gonna paint myself a background so i went about a canvas and like i put it up there just to kind of see how it looks on the screen so uh hopefully hopefully you guys like it uh for those of you who pressed fast forward welcome back (laughs) (laughs) well i had to ask man no yeah i know he's You've had this look on your face this entire time. Yeah. I'm like, I, um, what's is there something? Is there a fly on my forehead, or what's yeah. going on? There? <laughs> All right. Well, it yeah. is now that time of the podcast where we talk about things that aren't always sun suns related, but are going in the NBA. It is time for thoughts. Um, brains. So the NBA finals are over. It's done. The 2019-2020 season's finally over. Matthew, give me kind of your synopsis of the 2020 season and the Los Angeles Lakers as NBA champions. Man, it it ended, and it seemed like it ended kind of quick. Um, I, it's kind of weird to say, but it kind of did because all of a sudden it's like they won. There's not really a lot of coverage going on about it. It's like on to football. All right, let's see what's going on because football will always be number one. But besides that, I feel like it was a fun, fun time in the bubble. I think that there was a lot of basketball every freaking day, and I can't get over how much fun that was. But for the Lakers to win, my prediction, it does kind of suck. I'm a big LeBron James fan. I think that they were the best team and they came out on top of the Miami heat, which I already, I started to root for though. They're in game six. I was like, let's go Miami. Come on. Maybe they can pull it off. Even though I kind of want LeBron to get another ring, which is weird. I know it's, it's totally weird because I'm a Suns fan, of course, but LeBron's a different story. This isn't like the Lakers with Kobe and all that. So it was kind of cool. And the cool thing about it is I feel like I haven't heard a lot about Anthony Davis and his contribution. He had the one really good game, but it's just all been LeBron talk. And I think LeBron had, of course, he was the finals MVP, but he also, every game was just consistently better than everybody on the court, which is amazing. And that's something I can't wait to watch the next few years. Of course, I don't want them to win in the finals, but I mean, just his play, I mean, to to see what we saw, it's something that I'm going to tell my grandkids about when I'm 105. Wow. 105. Yeah, because I'm I don't have any kids right now, so then you gotta do the math. You gotta, you know, you gotta get a wife. Well, I'm a Christian way. I'm not gonna go down the whole rabbit hole. Uh, I agree, as always, with Raymond Gonzalez. He puts us in the chat once a podcast, and for that, Raymond, I truly appreciate it. MJ's better than LeBron. Um, I will agree with one thing that Nikki Tan says in the uh, in the chat, and that's you know Dragic. You know, I think that we were robbed of a really good Dragic performance in the NBA finals. Yeah. And for that, you know, it's unfortunate uh, to your point, you know, it went by super fast uh, just the way that the games are played without the travel. Same things going on with like the NL and ALCS and the playoffs. Cause they're playing every night. Just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, I kind of like it. Uh, the bubble experience overall. I mean, 
I, I have said it before. I'll say it again. I'll, I'll vote for Adam Silver for president. I mean, this guy, the faith he put in other people, the decision-making that occurred to pull off the bubble is one of the great accomplishments that the NBA has ever produced. And I think it's something that as we get further and further away from the 2019 and 2020 season, we're really going to look back and go, you know what? That is unbelievable what they did. And I will never put an asterisk next to the Los Angeles Lakers for having to navigate the bubble to win a championship. It's unfortunate that you were right and Anthony Davis and LeBron won for the Lakers because I don't like the Lakers at all, but I completely and utterly respect the mental focus that it took to survive the bubble and win. I just feel really bad for the Heat because they were there just as long and they lost and they lost because they had a couple injuries and they had the, you know, they were number five seed. They weren't a team that was technically supposed to do it. They they proved what grit can do and what hard work can do and how and what focus can do. And it was a pleasure to watch that. Uh, I'm just glad the season's over, man. I mean, it was a long season. You got to realize uh, November 4th, 2019 was when Matthew and I got together and we did our first podcast. And once upon a time, we were called The Solar Report. And that was almost a year ago. And we did that after like the third or fourth game of for the Suns and the NBA season just ended like three days ago. I mean, you and I picked this year to start doing podcasting and it was the longest goddamn year ever, man. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of work and it was a lot of fun. I look forward to continue this, man. I, it's weird when I first started, I was so nervous to do it, but now it's just like so comfortable. I mean, maybe I might not seem like it, but if you want to start a podcast, start a podcast. And if you think you can't do it, just do it. You'll do it. That's what happens. You know, just do it. Who says that? Uh, I think it's Nike. That's Nike. Yeah, that, that's Nike. Yeah. Well, don't, they, do, don't do another Suns podcast. I don't want to. No, no. I think it's great, though. I think one, <laughs> one thing that I found as we've immersed ourselves, because we've always been kind of into the Suns in the Twitter community. And, you know, we've kind of been mouthing, you know, talking heads, not mouthing heads, talking heads within the, the Suns Twitterverse and Suns Nation on Facebook and things of that nature. As we've done this co- podcast, everybody in the Suns, you know, realm is very supportive. You know, there's how many different Suns ca- podcasts? Everybody supports everybody. Five, right? Yeah, there's five like yeah, main true. ones, I feel. Yeah. It's funny though. It's like, you know, you have uh, our our fellow cohorts on the um, Bright Side of the Sun podcast yeah. network, Fanning the Flames. And they're like the OG Suns podcast, like for the fans. That's you guys by us, the Suns fan, or whatever their tagline is. Like, <laughs> who who are we? Like, what, what we're not the OG Suns cast, like, or podcast. Like, we're not the ov- overly serious guys, clearly. Like, I drink a beer every time I do this. I'm still trying to understand, like, I'm trying to understand my identity as a Suns podcaster. Like, yeah. what, what podcast are we? Are we like the, the goofballs? Are we like the guys at the bar you want to sit down and drink and talk about the Suns with? Like, I don't oh, know. all of that, but we're mostly like the bright, sexy, um, hard bods mm. podcast. I thought we were the dad bods podcast because I definitely am rocking the dad bod due to this <laughs> pandemic. So, yeah. anywho, <laughs> uh, our thoughts are there any other things you want to talk about as it pertains to the 2020 seasons? Uh, you know, we talked about our finals reactions, or are we ready to kind of just put a bow on this season and call it done? I am ready to call it done. The only thing I can have probably to take away from it is just the copycat league i feel like that's kind of going away a little bit maybe from what we saw in the bubble besides that i mean i am ready to rock and roll into next season let's do it i'm with you and i think that's a valid point too as we look into 2021 what's everybody going to copy now i mean everybody was let's copy the gold state warriors shooting the gazillion threes works lebron and ad showed that you know what if you have 
a dominant four slash five and a dominant three slash four, you could probably win. And I think that uh, Jay Dudd was talking about it on Simmons today. And he said, you know, if you try to play small ball against the Lakers, you're screwed because you have Anthony Davis, who could be the best small ball uh, center and LeBron James could be the best small ball power forward in the league. So, you know, good luck trying to do that. So, you know, do people try to, uh, emulate what the Lakers did or is it you know more of that we're just gonna play rocket ball and shoot the ball a gazillion times you know that's one thing as the 2020 season goes into the rear view what I'm really excited for obviously I'm excited to see what the Suns are gonna do and how they approach this offseason but I'm as we, we get to go into the you know the repainting of the landscape of the NBA right now because there's new coach in Philly there's a new coach in Houston uh, D'Antoni hasn't signed anywhere yet. So wherever he goes, you know, that's going to be a new system change. So there's going to be a lot of interesting moving parts out there in the NBA and the ripple effects will affect the Suns. And that's what, as somebody who talks about the Suns all the time, I can't wait to talk about it. Like, I can't wait to sit there and be like, oh, damn, Chris Paul is now a, a fucking Charlotte Hornet. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we made it through the dog days. We really did through the pandemic. And like, it's all up from here. Basically, it has to be right. News every day, man. Yeah, amen. Glad that's over with. All right, so let's get into some of our mailbag questions provided by our Jamster listeners. Remember that you can always hit us up by emailing us sunsjamsession at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. Go to sunsjamsession.com. That is where you can provide these questions. So the first question was one that, I don't know, I do have my Twitter notifications on, and I got pounded with them at work today because we had uh, at highside 19 He's, you know, if for those who are in the Twitterverse, uh, Mbappé for MVP, a lot of great uh, conversations with him. And he tagged a bunch of uh, the different Suns podcasts yeah. uh, on this question. And then all the different responses were going like, I'm sitting there, like I work in food and beverage at a hotel. I'm like making ranch. By the way, mayonnaise is disgusting, especially in bulk. Like I had a tub of mayonnaise to make yeah, ranch with today. Really jiggly. Oh yeah, disgusting. And I hate mayonnaise yeah. to begin with. Much but anyways... Large. So I have that going on. Like I have my phone playing music and all sorts like mm-hmm. bloop, 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 bloop. And this was the question that he posed. That's a long way for me to ask this question. So from Mbappe for MVP. I hope I said that right. I probably didn't. If it came to that to outduel the Nuggets, would you go as far as offering Jeremy Grant a front-loaded four-year, $70 million contract, $19 million starting salary, uh, i.e. all the cap space, and yeah. then 18 million, 17 million, and 16 million. So you front load that contract to get Jeremy Grant here and be like, hey, if you come here this next year, you're going to get a shit ton of money. It's going to digress in the next four years uh, for the, by the end of your contract, but you, you get Jeremy Grant. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, automatically. Yeah. And if that means you sign him and then you still have Kelly Oubre, maybe Kelly Oubre becomes an asset, maybe during halfway through the season for the trade deadline, maybe that's what's going to happen. But like I said, you got to spend it. You got to get these guys, the guys that are proven that the league, a hundred percent of the league is basically saying you Mayo. They're saying you Mayo a hundred percent of the league. Like no one likes Mayo. So, I mean, if you're going to go with Mayo, then I, I'm, I'm down. But 100% of the league says no mayo, so I'm out. <laughs> I uh, I don't know if I like that, man. I mean, it's it's a it's your whole cap space. You're like you're just deleting everything that you have. Player, good, 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 good player though. A good, good player. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like you could probably get somebody else out there. You know, again, 
I'm really big, and I know you are too. We've both written things on Bright Side of the Sun about Serge Ibaka, but I'm really big on Serge Ibaka. Now, granted, he's not, yeah. he's he's older than Jeremy Grant. He's somebody who obviously has a diminishing skill set, whereas Jeremy Grant's kind of swinging into the upswing of his uh, uh, prime. But four years is what kills me. You know, the 19 million and, and deleting all of our cap space in that first year, I'm okay with that to get Jeremy Grant. But if that was like a two year deal, that'd be something I'd be interested in, you know? And I think that there's other guys out there that I'd like to focus on rather than spending, you know, blowing our wad, if you will, on Jeremy Grant for four years. Cause that's a long contract these days. I mean, you look at uh, Kelly Oubre, that was a three-year deal or a two-year deal. You look at Ricky yeah. Rubio, that was a three-year deal. I mean, the sexy thing to do right now. And the thing that makes us a flexible roster is we don't get stuck with these long contracts that are bleeding. Cause what happens if Jeremy Grant in year two gets injured and now we're stuck with, you know, 15 and $16 million respectively. I just, I don't, I'm not I mean, a fan of it. That, that's the risk. So that's the risk that we never taken as a franchise in forever. I feel like these guys are out there to where <clears throat> they're, they're proven. Like they've been in the moments they can really contribute a lot. And I feel like you just got to load up and the contract thing. I'm not too worried. I feel like you can't believe in contracts too much. Players will ask out of them. You can trade them. Whatever you want to do with those contracts, they're not they're not going to be anything permanent, I don't think. So I feel like the best thing to do is just get one of these guys to help us next year. I don't care if it means spending the cap space. Just go into this next season with a better roster you had last year. That's just that's all I want. I don't that's care a good how much way to put it. Spend. And then just go into the next summer and figure out from there where you're going to go, you know? One day at a time. Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm I'm just I can't spend that much money. You know, it's not like it's my money to spend. But I I just feel like it's too much, man. It's just too much. Uh, I get your point without a doubt. I I see where you're coming from. But I I'd rather get two mid level guys that improve the team and our depth rather than spend it all on one guy like a Jeremy okay. Grant. I just yeah, like I like Jeremy Grant. I don't love Jeremy Grant as much as everybody else does. He drove up his price with his performance in the bubble and in the playoffs for the Denver Nuggets. Like before that, we were talking about, I mean, this goes back to podcasts that we were doing in like April or May. You know, it's like, hey, if we can get this guy for like 12 to 15, it's a win. Or, mm -hmm. that, you know, that, that that's where we thought his range would be because he was essentially a role player on a good team. But then he had a really good bubble performance. And then boom, shakalaka. Everybody wants to pay this guy like $20 million a year. And it's just like, you know, I I just don't agree with it. I don't think he's worth that. And I get what you're saying. It's like, yeah, you can pay him 19 million this year, and then next year you could try to trade that contract based on performance and knowing that the cap is going to probably go higher next year if you know God willing, we're outside of this pandemic and fans are back in the stands and everybody's enjoying basketball again. And he becomes if he's not something that meshes well with the team, which it looks like he could mesh well with the team. You know, both from a personality standpoint and obviously from a basketball fit standpoint but we could trade him if he doesn't. And I get what you're saying, but I just, I don't think that a contract that big and long uh, is worth it for us going into the soft season. Yeah, that's what she said. Giggity, giggity. I knew that was coming. A uh, couple things, you know, Steve Holler says, no way that contract sucks. What? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the more we talk to this, yeah, go ahead. And, Nicholas, and, Tan. And, <laughs> Nicholas Tan, he moves the needle, but not too significantly. And yeah. I think that's another valid point too. Like he's definitely is a good player, but like how much is he going to move that needle for, for the team? I know. If it, I'm just saying if this, if the sign, the signing happened, everyone would be back in it. Everyone would be like, you know what? This is a piece the Suns probably can use if Kelly Oubre ends up leaving. So why not get him now? But yeah, but the more we talk about this, the more I keep kind of flip-flopping a little bit too. So it's good to talk this stuff out. You know, I'm I'm kind of in between, but I'm gonna just gonna get the guy if I can. 
Maybe that's the podcast that we are. We're the flip flopping podcast. Oh, the flip floppers. They hit them on the hell. <laughs> on the hell. On the head on the nail. <laughs> we're, the, we're the nail on the head. The, head, the, the yeah. head on the nail guys. Either, either one, yeah. That's who yeah. we are. Uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I really got. What else is going on with you? You watching anything new? You do anything new? Or are you just working like a crazy man, dude? Yeah, just working. I got the fantasy football going. I'm really concentrated on that, the podcast. You know, it's good times, man, in the Lissy life over here in the Lissy household. How are you yeah, holding up over m- there? Minus the whole Dak breaking his ankle thing. But uh, yeah, that's no, good, man. It's uh, it's a good time of year. Getting ready to do some winter grass. You know, it's one Somebody's of my favorite birthday, times right? of the year. Yeah, Saturday's Somebody's my birthday. Yay. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, the big 3-8, 38 this year. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so celebrate. I'm going to wake up at like 7 in the morning and put winter grass in my backyard because it's like it's one of my favorite things to do. And just finish watching The Boys. You watch The Boys, right? Yeah, you know what? I don't like the season too much, so I stopped. I'll get back into it later. Now, when but you I- first watched The Boys, did you like – stream it all in one like did you binge watch it or did you watch it kind of the way that they've been putting it out episode by episode kind of yeah so i think i watched the first yeah the first season i kind of watched i think it took me a week so it was kind of spread out it wasn't week to week but i liked it so i mean the first season was very good well and i think that's something that kind of hurts it this time is because i'm watching it episodically versus binging it over a three or four day period you yeah. spend a lot of time kind of overanalyzing what you saw. And also, I think some of the characters have gotten a little bit weaker, if you will. Raymond yeah. Gonzalez in the yes. chat agrees. The boys. But I finished watching it. Uh, it's a great show. It's definitely worth watching. It's the one last of those... episode of the season? Yeah. The last one? Yeah. Friday? Did you? No, I didn't know that was the last episode. I yeah, just well, they... <laughs> well, no, because they do eight se- or eight episodes a season. So the first okay. one, and this was episode eight. So they kind of tie everything up at the end. But it's it's good. I just like Huey really annoys me. Like, yeah, even Starlight, he's too whiny. Like, I don't know. There's, yeah, he is, but I don't know. It just kind of fell off the rails for me there. I don't know what happened. The story was always good, but just the characters got to me kind of. I wanted Homelander just to be complete evil, and it just didn't happen really right away. So I didn't see the ending. So don't tell me. But yeah, I won't. I, I won't tell you anything. But they definitely, okay. you know, kind of left the door open for a season three if they choose to yeah. do so. Um, I like this. Butcher could take LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> Completely agree with that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have. A reminder to all of our Jamster faithful to follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam. You follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. And make sure you subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. The Bright Side of the Sun Not Podcast Network. We're anywhere you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places. And then, of course, if you are a YouTuber, uh, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Make sure you click like on the video that you're watching. That always helps the metrics, or so I'm told. I don't know. I don't know how the whole thing works. Um, but that's all I got, Matthew. This Loganita's daytime. Even though it's nighttime, I, I'm going to go grab another one and have a good night. So take right. care. Good talking to everybody out there. Everybody go home and love their family. Amen.